counterfeit. Week number one. your first time here, welcome to one of the most forward uh, first-time churches that your first-time uh, messages that you're gonna ever gonna have. Uh, I mean, I mean today. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm sparing no arrows here, holding no punches. Uh, I'm e even at myself as well. So uh, this is a really, this is a really fun one today. Um, Today, I, I love I love inspiring. I love the hoorah moments. I love where your faith is set on fire. Today is about protection, and today is about teaching. Is that cool? And I actually find that in those moments of protection and teaching and getting yourself ready for war, it actually does inspire you and gets you fired up. And so counterfeit, we're going to jump into it. You guys ready? I'm going to encourage you, please take notes today because this is a topic that's not often covered. Uh, so take notes, we're gonna jump into it. Counterfeit, what is a counterfeit? No, 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 I, first of all, go, go creative. Can you go back to that, please? Go creative, I just love it. That's so, that's so wild, I love it. Imagine if that actually happened, the world would be freaking out. So counterfeit, what's the definition of a counterfeit? I wrote this up here for you. We're going to go over this every week. Just so you know, this is a 10 weeks. Someone say, uh-oh. 10 weeks, 10 weeks, that's a whole year. Just kidding. Uh, but this is going to be a fun series uh, about learning the truth and how to identify the truth from the fakes. <laughs> Can I give you a little uh, sneak peek of the next nine weeks? The next nine weeks are about the fruit of the Spirit and how the church does it in a fake way. Oh, my God. <laughs> to make an imitation or copy with the, with the intent to defraud or deceive. To make an imitation or copy with the intent to defraud or deceive. That's what a counterfeit really is. And I want to ask you, church, who is the counterfeit king? I want to put it up here. John chapter 8, Jesus is talking about the liar. The devil, he was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is what? There's no truth in him. None. No truth in him. I'm here to put a firm, firm stand in the ground today. There's only two kingdoms here today. There's the kingdom. There's the kingdom of God. And there's everything outside of that. Bummer. Falls in two camps. You're either a part of one or the other. There's no truth in that camp over there. And I'm not talking about a political camp, no. Please don't go that way. That's not what I'm getting at here. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. The government rests on his shoulders. <laughs> our, our system, it, it's, he's so above it. That's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the king of kings. Cool? And so there's no truth in the devil. Whenever he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he's a liar and the father of lies. Other translations will say he speaks his native tongue when he lies. The enemy, he's the counterfeit king. Yes, he is. He is a counterfeit king, and his ways are not the ways of truth. And I'm here to tell you that if they're not the ways of truth, they're here to pull you away from the truth. Yes, they are. That is his only endeavor is to draw your worship to himself. He'll pull you down with you or with him. 
but he's so good at making counterfeits that you sometimes can't even see it. He's so good at lying that you can't even see it sometimes. It's his language. So in, in Corinthians, Paul is writing and he gives some insight and he's talking to the believers in Corinth. I'm afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve, lied to, manipulated Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted. Wait, wait, wait. Is he talking? Wait, wait, wait. I thought those, the ones who could be corrupted are outside of the church. Just because that door has a sticker that calls us a church doesn't mean that when you walk in this place, you can't be deceived. Now, so long as we pray for the Holy Spirit to reside and rest and protect this house, and I pray for purity over myself, and most importantly, we don't have a Nick Miller TED Talk, but we have this in the house, there won't be deception in this house. But just because you have a cross on the building doesn't mean that the people inside of it aren't deceived. So be careful because your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure, pure devotion to Christ. Look at this. For, he's given a big warning. Corinth was debaucherous at this time. Sexual immorality and, and, and all of this type of stuff, worship in oh, just weird ways. A, a, a pagan influence that was just crazy. For you seem willing to allow it. Oh my gosh. You seem willing to allow it if one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. You seem willing to allow it. There are some people with such eloquent arguments that you and I, well, I don't have Instagram anymore, so you, <laughs> follow on Instagram that are massively hyped up. Are you listening to what they're saying? Because you seem to willingly allow taking in doctrines that might not be true. If one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, I'm telling you, listen, listen, listen. The world is filled with the, the sensitivity to the spirit. All of these different things that you can do to pursue the, the, the manifestations and all of the, it's demonic and it's evil. From the one you received or a different gospel from the one you've accepted. A different gospel. Hey, be good and you'll be welcomed into heaven. No, that's not the gospel, my friend. Be kind to others. That's not the gospel. You tolerate all this beautifully. Welcoming deception. Someone say tolerate. How many believers have I talked to that use the, that language? That we are to tolerate, though they live differently, though they believe something different. Well, you know, just they do their thing. No, 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 no. Wait, in actuality, if you tolerate it and allow them to carry on, you're co-signing their bill and their receipt straight to hell. So you don't want to tell them the truth? Do you love them enough to tell them the truth? 
want to just tolerate it. Negligence is intentional. And by you not saying a word and by you not doing anything, you're co-signing that bill. I'm co-signing that bill. I don't want to just say you because I'm not after you. I'm after me too. But we do this. We tolerate a lot. I don't think that can be the case anymore. I want the truth, amen? So why does the enemy create these things? Why does the enemy form all of these schemes and these doctrines? Why does he create counterfeits all over the place? He wants to deceive, that's the obvious, but why does he do it to deceive? What's the purpose? It seems like he's just this maniacal person who just wants to twist the world up. Yeah, that might be the case, but no. 2 Timothy puts it like this, 2 Timothy 2. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him, to what church? Do his will. Let me tell you something. When you're deceived by these counterfeits, you are ensnared to do what church? His will. That's why we need to fight against this. That's why you and I, we need to look at that picture in the museum and say, mm, that's not the real thing. We need to take a look at this and be able to identify what the true one is and what it is not. So that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. That's what we need to do. And what's, what's that going to help them do? They're going to repent. So he's the counterfeit king. Lies are his language. We tolerate it. And then what ends up happening is people get manipulated into doing the enemy's will. So the big question that I have for you and for me, and I'm going to ask this every week that we're here doing this. Who taught you all that you believe? Serious question. Who taught you all that you believe? We could talk about the bad things. Maybe dad showed you uh, how not to care for your wife. Maybe your parents were so fear-based that they instilled fear in you. And so everything you think about, every bit of life formation comes from a place of fear. I don't know who taught you all that you believe. Let's talk about the good things. What if your parents were so generous to a fault? how it's supposed to go but then they end up giving with strings attached and then they feel remorse and resentment that's not true giving who taught you all that you believe did you believe some stuff from your teacher when you were in school who told you your friend your older friend when you were in high school, we taught you it's cool to just go ahead and sleep around and then you started that pattern and you're 33 now and you're still in that pattern? Who taught you that? Who taught you that that's the full life? Who taught you that? So this whole series, I just want to go to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to teach me everything. Who taught you all that you believe? I believe the Word of God can teach us everything that we need. Y'all with me on that church? Look at what David says, Psalm 25, he says it like this. 
Make me know your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your youth, or youth, that's funny. Lead me in your, yeah, youth, what up? Lead me in your truth, in your truth. Oh, not my truth, not their truth. No, that's one of those nuanced parts of conversation that are not true. This is my truth. Man, get out of here. There's one truth. So lead me in your truth and teach me, for you're the God of my salvation. Make me know your ways. Lead me in your truth. God can teach us today, hey? Old dog can't learn new tricks. That's not true. He can teach you. He can break that pattern, that, that multi-decade pattern in your life right now. God wants to teach us the truth so that you and I, so that we may walk in it. That's what he wants to do today, and that's what the endeavor for this whole series is. We're going to learn the truth. We're going to learn how to distinguish between the truth and the fakes. God wants to teach us the truth so that you and I, we may walk in it. Go ahead, put this up here, John 16. We share this all the time, but this is so good. When he, the Spirit, someone say the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit of what? That's his title. That's what he is. That's who he is. Truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. He's going to lead us in truth. So church, bottom line for today. If you're taking notes, I want you to write one thing down. It's this. Our worldview is not what shapes our Bible. It's our Bible that shapes our worldview. Church, I'm not feeling 100% today, and I'm just going to go for it. We cool? Our worldview is not what shapes the Bible. It's the Bible that shapes our worldview. If you cannot start on that statement right there, you're going to have a really hard time for the next 10 weeks. If you cannot agree to this statement right here, to be honest, this is probably going to be a really uncomfortable church for you to call home. Wherever you come from in life, <laughs> however money you've earned, however much money you've earned, wherever you went to school, whatever you know, I don't I, I, I care about your past, but it's not what shapes our Bible. It's the Bible that shapes you and me. Amen, church? Our worldview is not what shapes our Bible. Our Bible is what shapes our worldview. So we're gonna jump into this counterfeit, counterfeit, counterfeit. Why is it important for us to identify the counterfeit? That's a question that you and I need to understand. Why is it important for us to identify it? Because we can know it's there, but why is it important to identify it? Let me give you this, let me give you this statement. I've had many people come up to me and say, Nick, what is the point of researching these things? I will tell you that I want to understand what's going on in the world to be able to see it with some clear eyes so that way I may help people, help protect my family, and if I keep a closed eye or if I don't look and identify the fakes, I'm co-signing everything. And I'm not effectively changing. I'm not effectively changing things. So when you see bills being made that in the fine print co-sign the killing of unborn children, we need to stand up to something. 
But a lot of people just, oh, I don't see that. I don't see that stuff. We hide our eyes from it. Why is it important to identify the counterfeit? Nick, I'm a believer in the way, the truth, and the life. I'm good, aren't I? Yeah. You sure? Watch. First Timothy gives you a big warning. You and me. The Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to what? Deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Not those who are already fallen away. Some of us in this room will fall away. Nick, why do you look at that stuff? Why do you research stuff? Why do you, why do you think about these types of things? Yeah, because sometimes you need to identify the fake. Sometimes when there's some stuff going on, you need to be able to stand firm in the truth. And people need to know it. And I, I and, and I'm 29, I'm about to be 30, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, in my younger days of doing this, yeah, I sound like I'm like, oh, I'm some old guy. In my younger days of doing this, I wish I would have stood firm on topics more. To help people walk in the truth. I'll be the trailblazer. That's, what I, that's why I want to identify the fakes. I'll be the trailblazer so as to help people know the truth. That's what I'll do. And so that, that's why I look into these things. Yes, that's why we need to identify the fakes because some of us will fall away. If you and I just naturally go through life, you will have things that will sound so nice that will draw you away. Why? How does it draw you and me away? You might be sitting here very prideful. I could never be drawn away. I know everything. Yeah, okay. I've seen great men and women of God fall away lose their way, lose their momentum because they got caught up in many, many different schemes. Here's why it's so dangerous. Because you think that a counterfeit might be really easy. No, no, no. A counterfeit, a good one, isn't obvious at all. <laughs> a good counterfeit isn't obvious. The enemy doesn't just come and drop nuclear bombs. Then we'd be like, oh, Satan, that's bad. If it's too obvious, we'll just know it. And so the enemy is so discreet about his deception. He's so discreet about his deception. And it's not going to be obvious. And that's how some of us, thank you. Mark, man, I love you. I needed it. He read my mind. I got some water in my Bible. Okay. Here we go. So a good counterfeit isn't obvious. You and I, we're called to preach the word. Be ready. Look, 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 look. You and I, we're called to preach the word. Someone say preach the word. 
hey, if you're a member of this church, you need to get to our Testify uh, course where we get to learn, we get to learn how to share our testimony. If you're not a member of our church and you call Core Church Home, you can sign up in the back. We would love to, to walk with you and see what it looks like to be a part of the vision of Core Church. But preach the word. No Christian, no believer, no one who calls on the name of Jesus is exempt from that call. You and me. So you and I, we need to be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Does that, any of it sound like be super inspirational and influencer? I have, I have my, my next scripture I'm going to share. I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, I was reading it this year and it shattered everything about me. But it doesn't say be super gushy. No, no, no. A lot of these terms are be firm. A lot of these are correct. You got to really address some things. For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. Believers will not tolerate sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. Worldview trumping Bible. People will find, believers will find those to tickle their ears, to feed their worldview as opposed to give them the true word. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. <laughs> Do you guys understand what I mean when, it's, when I say worldview? trumping Bible. There's an agenda or there, there might be thoughts and preconceived notions that you have that you might be reading with. It's, it's the, the rose glasses that you might wear. So everything looks a particular way when you have a, a, a certain shade over your face. And so if you have some prior conceived beliefs Everything that you read and the way that you see the world creates a shade of sorts, and you read the Bible with rose glasses. And you might be looking throughout the Bible to find little plucks here and there that actually feed and fuel your worldview when it's actually not the truth. And, and people will look for teachers of that worldview so as to tickle their ears and to follow these myths. So I wanted to show you a video. I want you to know that for the past, uh, for the past five days, I've probably watched, hmm, I couldn't even tell you how many hours of his teachings. I don't ever, ever do this. Um, but when I do, I want to be sure of what I'm communicating with you guys, okay? Uh, I'm not typically one of those people, oh, bad guy, bad guy. Today I wanna show you what it means to have your worldview trump your Bible, okay? There's this story in the book of John in which Jesus raises his friend Lazarus from the dead. And this, this preacher, he calls himself a reverend, actually puts a whole, uh, how do I say, I'm just gonna say it, puts a whole LGBTQ lens over how he reads the Bible. And I want to show you how this is just not the way. It's just not the way. His name is Brandon Robertson. 
And uh, I want to show you what it looks like to be eloquent and manipulate the word of God. Are you guys ready? Go ahead. Did you know that Jesus helped his friend come out? In John chapter 11, verse Can you start that over real quick? This is what it says. The first Jesus few words, in a loud voice start saying, that over one more time. Lazarus. Did you know that Jesus, go ahead, try it one more time. Did you know that Jesus helped his friend come out? In John chapter 11, verse Did you, did you know, know that Jesus helped his friend come out? Keep going. In John chapter 11, verse 43, this is what it says. Jesus called out in a loud voice saying, Lazarus, come out. You see, Lazarus was locked up in a cold, dark tomb, wrapped in burial cloths, left for dead. That's exactly what so many Christians and so many churches do to LGBT people. They wrap us up and bind us up and tell us that we need to keep our identity, our true self locked away. But Jesus, upon seeing Lazarus in this state, he says, Lazarus, come out. Step into the light. Take off the cloth. Be who you are. Come alive. I believe that this is what Jesus is speaking to every LGBT person. Come out of the tomb of shame. Take off the chains that have bound you up. Step into the glory of who God made you to be, fearfully and wonderfully made, just as you are. You are beloved of God. His verbiage is incredible. So inspiring. Using words like breaking chains. Isn't that scary? Be alive, who God made you to be. It kind of echoes that he foreknew you in the womb before you were even born. Isn't that crazy? That language and that verbiage, again, I don't do this very often. Hmm. So, Judd... Uh, did an incredible message uh, a few weeks ago on thanksgiving and giving thanks. I just wanted to show you, before I share the scripture with you, if you got your books, you can go ahead to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. <clears throat> I want to show you something real quick. Uh, can you put up this next picture? So if you look at the bottom, on the bottom left-hand corner, how many people witnessed and watched that video? Dude's got a bigger church than we do. Again, I don't do this often, but that's so clear. I watch sermon after sermon after sermon of this rose, these rose glasses overlaying everything that the Word of God says. And he does it with such eloquence and ease, and it, and it sounds and, and models a bunch of biblical words that can twist you up and spit you out. Is he doing it intentionally? Um, I, I can't judge people's heart. Only God can. I don't know that part of people. So he has 78,000 views, our view uh, of Judd preaching truth and really diving in about Thanksgiving only has about 2,000. It's crazy. It's crazy. What I'm here to tell you today is that many will fall for the counterfeit. Go ahead, you can put this up here. Many, many will fall for the counterfeit, church. Those words are scary. 
twisting things up, talking about the chains breaking, talking about being being who you were born to be. Scary stuff. Many will fall for the counterfeit. Don't put yourself in a place where it could never touch you. I'm telling you, you and I, if we're not vigilant, if we don't practice the truth, if we don't walk in the truth, we might be swept up real quickly, church. So 1 John 4 says it like this. I want to show you something that just really struck me. Uh, and, and on the screen, I believe it's going to be verse 5, but I'm just going to read this really quick in verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out. Sounds like being sent. Gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and now is already in your world or in the world. You, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Listen, listen, listen. If you got your Bible out, I love, I love this part right here. They are from, someone say the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak as from the world. And how many people listen to them? The world listens to them. I'm going to tell you it's way more popular to speak demonic doctrines. Way more catchy, a lot more influence to say, go ahead and be what you want to be and do what you want to do. So catchy. The world listens to them. We are from God. Who are we from? From God. How many people, how many people listen? The one. Not many people listen to truth. Mm -mm. And in fact, when you do speak the truth, a lot of people just start going crazy and stand in opposition of you. They get wild. Hmm. The one, who is, uh, the one who knows God listens to us. The one who is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Church, are you all following with me today? Yeah, we got to be able to identify the counterfeits. And so who do you and I, who do we rely on for the truth? Church, who do we rely on for the truth? God, yeah, I love that. Jesus Christ himself. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Go ahead and put this question up. Go ahead, next question. Who do we rely on for the truth? Can you tell me one of the greatest titles that Christ Jesus has? He is one. Yeah, I love that. We just got out of the, the therapy session series. Lord of the Lords. Who said it? Truth. I love this. Jesus answered. He gives his title to you and me. John chapter 14. He's talking to people who are, I am the way, what? The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the truth, the only truth. It's not about your truth or my truth. It's him. Amen, church. It's the Bible that defines and gives clarity to our worldview, that shapes everything we believe and know. It is not the other way around. Ever. That doctrine that you were taught by that professor at indoctrination stations called college. Serious, I'm being serious. And you pay for it. Then they put you in debt and 
Word says that you're a slave when you're in debt. So they essentially put you in slavery. Anyways. <laughs> He's the truth. That's it. Just Jesus, just Jesus. And if this is his title, church, if this is what he's called, the way, the truth, and the life, if this is his title, then you and I, we have to admit, go ahead, put this up here. If, we, if this is his title, we have to admit that his ways are the truth and they trump everything that you and I know, believe, think, and consider. And this is the really hard part. And I'm not even talking about just these trigger buttons or these issues that, that are um, worldly or, or, or big and known. I'm talking about even the little stuff. One of the things that we do every week before service, we do forgiveness five. The truth is, is that, the truth is, is that if, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. It says that in the word of God. That is the truth. And so if you say, I don't need to forgive... You're allowing your worldview to trump what the Bible tells you to do. And that is a dangerous place to be. Again, I'm not just talking about these trigger issues. I'm talking about the stuff inwardly too. So we have to admit that his ways are the truth. What we lean on even above our own understanding. And so Jesus is the one, I love this. Every time he speaks, every time he shares his heart, everything he says, he brings clarity to the scriptures. He, he, he gives us glimpses of truth every time he opens his mouth. And specifically in the Sermon on the Mount, I love this. He gives clarity on the scriptures that he wrote with God. The Ten Commandments were received by Moses. And the Israelites followed these commands. And Jesus is addressing some of those commands that were written thousands of years ago. Go ahead. You've heard it said, Jesus says. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. That's one of the Ten Commandments. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a, a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wait, did Jesus come to redefine and, and cancel and nullify everything? No, no, no. He's giving truth in the scripture because he knows from within comes what happens outwardly. So if you begin with your eyes and you begin to lust and desire in your heart, it outworks into the actual action of adultery. He's not rewriting. He's giving glimpses of truth into what was intended. Does that make sense, church? Now, if your eye is causing you to sin, tear it out and throw it away from you. If it's better, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Yes, it is. That's the truth. And if your right hand is causing you to sin, cut it off and throw it away from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. That's, this is the truth. And Jesus is giving insight into the truth. Was it uncomfortable for everyone to hear? Yes. Was it, was it um, a, a challenge for people to understand? Yes. I thought it was just don't commit adultery. Now you're telling me from within my heart, from everything that I feel, that, that is what's bad and what's wrong with me? Yes. The human condition, the heart is broken. I'm giving you the truth here. He's giving us insight. He's showing us the truth. I wrote, he brings truth. He brings about truth even in the uncomfortable topics. So if you're struggling with lust, throw away the computer. I'm telling you, you can find another way to write emails. 
Get rid of the Netflix subscription. If it's leading you down a path you don't want to go, get rid of it. Read a book. I don't know, maybe his word. He brings about truth in the uncomfortable topics. And then he gives us further clarity and truth in topics that bless us. I love this. He's talking about giving. Oh, we don't like to give. Okay, here we go. He gives us truth about giving. Go ahead, put this up here. Yep. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you. He's given us instruction on how to do this from the heart, a pure heart. Do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that they will be praised by people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Wait, I thought giving was a good thing. He's given us clarity and truth to the scriptures. That giving is to come from a joyful heart, a heart of sacrifice and glory and worship to God. Not from arm twisting or from, from um, ego boosting. He's giving us clarity. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your charitable giving will be in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. There's a great reward actually. I love that. He's preaching about truth. There's a great reward when you are so sacrificial and generous. But let's do it the way from a good heart, from a joyful place, from a heart that is glorifying God. Let's do it from that place. Amen, church. He's giving us clarity on the truth. So not only do we give, but here's how we do it with the right heart. He gives clarity and truth, even in the encouraging, the wonderful blessing conversations. Yes, he does. Hmm. I love this. I wrote this down. This is Mark chapter 7. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm getting at. I love this. From within, out of the hearts of people. This is why he loves addressing the heart. This is why he goes after what's going on inside of you. He doesn't care. Well, yes, he does care. But, but the works aren't what he's focused on. Jesus came to make the heart right. And then from that place overflows the heavenly works that God has prepared for you to do in advance. But from within, out of the hearts of people, that's where evil thoughts, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murder, acts of adultery, deeds of greed, wickedness, deceit, indecent behavior, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So let me give you clarity to what he's just saying. For that lust stuff, for the generosity stuff, evil comes from within. Let's get the heart right. Let's fill it with truth. This isn't just some behavior program. Let's get our heart right. Let's walk in the way of truth. Follow me. Y'all with me, church? Jesus, he completely shatters. He completely shatters our prior belief systems. Yes, he does. And what he's going to do when he shatters these belief systems, if you take off the rose glasses for a minute and you read the word of God, if you take that off and read the word of God, he's going to establish truth within you and me. No, the Bible doesn't have, listen to me, the Bible doesn't have the answer specifically for the nuanced topics that you and I face daily. An example of this, and, and, and I, I don't know where you guys are at with this, and, and nor is it a thing, but how do I make this decision? Do I get vaxxed or not? 
A lot of people ask that question and the Bible doesn't have that specific nuanced answer. But I believe if you fill your heart with the truth from the word of God, you will be able to walk in truth. And you'll be able to discern those decisions. You'll be able to discern who to follow. You'll be able to discern how to give. You'll be able to discern what needs put to death. Do you guys see how important it is for truth to be overflowing in your heart? And so God, he has to break some of the, the, the um, he has to break some of our prior belief systems so that the truth can enter you and me. For the heart is the most important thing to him. I love this. This is what Jesus says. Go ahead. Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in, walk in darkness but have the light of life. I'm here to tell you that when you aren't walking in the truth, it feels very dark. It feels like you're questioning everything. It feels very unsafe, uncertain. It feels like everything is shaky. But if you were to walk in the truth, and I'm here to tell you that walking in the truth is a difficult endeavor. But when you do it, my goodness, there's so much freedom. And the enemy sells you a counterfeit that says, if you follow this way, it's going to be so good. And I'm here to tell you that, no, Jesus is the only one that we need to follow. For he is, he is going to illuminate everything. There's nothing enlightening outside of Christ. No, 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 wait. Let me say that real big, though. There is nothing enlightening. There is no wisdom to be found outside of Christ. There's nothing else that you and I need to lean on. No power, no authority outside of Him. Him alone is all that we need. The truth alone is all that we need. You don't need some philosophy. You don't need some outside doctrine. You need this thing. I need this thing, this book right here. There's nothing enlightening outside of him. And so we're almost, we're almost done, church. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're conflicted with this message. That's really cool. I get it. Anyone can come and talk to me after the message if you have questions. I will gladly answer. But we do have to believe we have to walk with a belief system that says it is the Bible that shapes our worldview. Amen. So then if we know the truth, and this is the whole endeavor of this whole series, this is what we're chasing after for the next nine weeks. If we know the truth, we have an obligation to walk in the truth. If you and I have been given this truth, we, we follow this word, we have an obligation to follow and do what it says. For it only brings about good things in our life, good things in you and me. I love this. I love this. It says in 2 Timothy, it gives a huge challenge to you and me. Look at what Paul says to Timothy. He says, do your best. Someone say your best. Mm. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles what? The word of truth. So you're going to have an obligation to walk in it, to live a life of the truth, to handle this well. And if you want to correctly handle the truth, you got to take off the rose glasses. we got to put some of those prior beliefs, philosophies, doctrines that we've been raised with our whole entire life, you got to put those behind you so that we can walk in the truth.
so that we can walk in the truth. How, how with so many counterfeits, how can we discern the truth and then walk in it? Let's talk about the first part, which is discern the truth. I, uh, I want to put this picture up here. Go ahead, you can put this up here. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Hey, look at that. Money. Get money, get paid. Okay, good, 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 good. So I heard an incredible thing uh, about how they train bank tellers. Because they see so much money come in and out of the bank all the time. And believe me, there's people who are willing to make a lot of money, trying to make a lot of money, creating a lot of fakes. And so the question that, that was brought up is how to be able to distinguish and how do you train someone on how to find a fake? The truth is, and what might go through your mind is, well, do you show them a lot of fakes? No, because fakes change all the time. What they actually do to bank tellers is they show them over and over and over again a real, genuine dollar bill. And that is the only way, that's their training, as to be able to distinguish between what is real and what is not. They feel the literal paper. They feel what it, they, they crunch it, they feel it. They see how, what happens when you bend it, what happens when you crumple it. They see what, what um, they see the different colors on it. They look at the deep intricacies. I, I, I didn't put this picture up here, up here, but there's literal shadowing under these letters that they need to make sure are there. Some people don't put the shadows underneath the letters like literally it's so intricate they trained them by looking at a dollar bill for such a long time if you and I if we want to identify the, the counterfeit there's two things that I need I, I think that we need to do uh, first is practice observing the truth so literally just look at the dollar bill and then get rid of all the fakes eliminate the distractions if you want to walk in the truth, here's how we step number one. You need to be able to identify the counterfeit. You need to look and practice the truth and then get rid of the distractions. Go ahead. Hebrews chapter 5 says it like this. Uh, uh, yeah. For everyone who partakes only of milk. <sighs> how do I say this? Mm. I believe I believe that... Uh, First of all, let me, let me say it like this. A lot of Christians in Western church um, uh, would say that they probably don't read the Bible. And their main source of spiritual growth comes from an Instagram reel. The little one-minute shots that you get in the midst of everything else flooding your mind. While you're getting DMs and all of that type of stuff. Oh, this sounds nice. And, and I would call that uh, spiritual milk. That's cool. It's a little taste of it. But I believe that you and I, we should all endeavor to be jumping and, and maturing and going for more and more. Hungering for the deeper stuff. That's found in community that's found in church, that's found in Bible studies, that's found in your personal devotion time. I cannot tell you, even just five minutes alone, Nick, I don't know where to start. That's okay, come talk to me and I will help you and I will walk with you. But if you devoted five minutes of your day to the word of God, I'm telling you, it would change your relationship with him. They actually say this though, uh, statistically speaking, they did, a, they did a study on churches. They have found that people find the greatest difference in their reading time 
Not if they read one day a week, not two days a week, not three days a week. They find the greatest difference at four days, that's when their life starts to change. So the majority of your life, the majority of your days, if you spend it in the Word of God, it changes you. But some of us, we just like the reels. Some of us, we'll just, you know, come once in a while on a Tuesday night if it's convenient and I got nothing else to do. Saturday morning prayer room, oh, that's early. Listen, if you partake only of milk, you will be unacquainted with the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice, someone say practice. What are you talking about? Practice? Practice. But because of practice, have their senses trained. It sounds like the dollar bill analogy, church. They have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. Through practice. This is why we do prayer room. This is why we do circles. This is why we do men's and women's ministry. This is why if you look back at that calendar, other than Mondays, even though we have meetings on Mondays, we have something going on every day. Because of practice. So that you may be able to know and distinguish between what is good and evil. That's why we do all of this. We do so much so as to practice. If you're not practicing, and if you're just going along with milk, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, you're putting yourself at risk for being swept away. So you and I, we have to practice. Second one we talked about, go ahead, put this up here. Get rid of the distractions. Let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and, that, and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of our faith or of the faith. I'm here to tell you that as you carry on with sin, it's hard to see the truth. It is. And I'm not just talking about the abundantly apparent sins. I'm talking about the stuff that you, deep down in this box, don't want to talk about. Throw it out. Get it away. Address it. Bring it to God. Conquer it. Go put something on that freedom wall. And then looking only at Jesus. I love that. There's that dollar bill analogy again. Get rid of all of the distraction and practice and practice and practice it. And you'll be able to distinguish between what is real and what is fake. Amen, church. All of this is done in an endeavor to focus on the truth. That's why we do it. And I believe that over the next few weeks, as you put aside the distractions and you practice and observe the truth, you're going to be able to walk in truth. Again, that's what the next nine weeks are all about. You're going to learn about what real and genuine love is. You're going to learn about what patience is. Can I give you a little, little nugget? Can I give you a little nugget on patience? Someone grab this for me. Thank you. Uh, let me give you a little nugget on patience. Patience is not just sitting still forever. It is what you do in the waiting. There's so much to do in the waiting. It's not just sit there grumpy and miserable and just under a cloud of rain. There's actual work to do in the midst of patience. 
you can be patient as a job and still be that incredible mom or dad. All this is, in, is done in an endeavor to focus on the truth and walk and live it out. What's the point, church? Go ahead, put this up here lastly. What is the point? What is the point? We live life that is intended for us. We live life that is intended for us when we're not led by counterfeit lies. You and I, we live the life, the full life that is intended for us when we're not led by counterfeit lies. Is this other mic working? Hello. Thank you, Lord. Here we go. That's what happens. You live the full life. When you're being deceived, when you're being pulled away, life gets confusing. It's not the way that it's supposed to be. I'm here to tell you that any counterfeit that has a promise for you is a lie and does not fulfill you like the truth. It does not lead you like the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, put this up, John chapter 8. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. For he knows that the enemy is trying to ensnare you and cause you to do his will. But if you hold to the truth, someone say the truth. You'll be set free. Anyone want to be free? Anyone want to be free? You got to take off the rose glasses. Who said throw them away? Was that you? <laughs> yeah. Throw them away. The word, I love this. Our worldview is not shaped. Our worldview is not what shapes the Bible. It's the Bible that shapes our worldview. Amen, church? Our worldview is not what shapes the Bible. It is the Bible that shapes our worldview. Hmm. I want you to walk in the truth so that you may be free. So we have to have some of these hard conversations sometimes. Amen, church? We got to let the word of God lead us. Amen? So I went on this.